Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. Oh, Louise Weiner. I was joking a minute ago, I was calling her Weiner, but it's not, it's Weiner. So get it right, Becky. Sorry, I'm in a funny mood as I'm recording this. Just don't, don't ask me why. Um, I'm with Nicole. Say hello, Nicole. Hi. Hello. Hi. Get closer to your mic. Um, <laughs> up and person, close and personal. Nicole's joining us today. We're going to be talking about profitability in business. We're going to have some maybe little some moans and rants, but not too much of the negativity, I hope. Um, um, Nicole is a business strategist, mentor and coach, ex-global investment banker. Ooh who has worked with hundreds of clients worldwide and she combines practical business skills with a BSc in psychology and a no BS, I'm not going to swear because I'm trying to be a good girl, uh, approach to help her clients build profitable businesses they love. She's a well-respected coach, anti-bullying champion and is passionate about bringing more kindness, I love that, into business through building communities of support. Welcome. Thanks for having me. That's all right. I don't know if it's my mic or my speakers, but everyone seems really quiet on my speaker state. Um, so yeah, hopefully we're picking you up all right. Get a little bit closer. Let's make sure I can get a bit closer. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> Lean in. Um, so when did you start business yourself then? Well, I joke that I started my first business in school when I used to sell cigarettes to other kids around the back of the bike sheds. <laughs> so legitimate business that's very, that's very irresponsible but I, it's I very that. irresponsible <laughs> but my tell, first tell me bit... more about you than I love you <laughs> even more now because there's <laughs> so much about you so did you smoke yourself oh yeah I did I was a naughty kid like now someone who like doesn't even eat too much sugar like I I'm I'm reformed I'm changed I got it all out of my system when I was very young <laughs> I think that, yeah, yeah, but that means you makes you a well-rounded, wise person, I would say. The yeah. grey hairs would allude to that also. Um yeah. <laughs> the hair dye helps, right? It does, it does. Um, um but yeah, my first my first business, my first proper business was 2018. So um beginning of 2018, January actually, and um I left a 10 over a decade, which makes me feel really old, of um, working at HSBC, which is, if you don't know, one of the biggest, I know, you know, maybe your listeners, uh, one of the biggest global investment banks in the world. I was there for 10 years with uh, supporting back-end ops um, across retail, commercial, trade, risk, all kinds of, all the areas. I moved around and got a lot of experience. And then I started my first business in 2018 when the family moved to Hertfordshire and I was caring for my nan full-time um who has dementia so it was a lovely way to balance my time although I didn't get it right in the first couple of years at all because I was giving a lot to my nan and care um but yeah and then yeah since 2018 and then I kind of I was doing two businesses when I first started I was mentoring and coaching without really realizing I was doing it 
um, and doing that kind of consultancy piece with my clients as well as I had an outsourcing business um, and ran that as an agency. So I had lots of associates working for me. Um, and then in 2020, back end of 2020, I closed that outsourcing business down. I went full time with the mentoring and coaching. Amazing. What do you like about it the most? I I have to watch this with my boundaries as a people pleaser, but I love helping people. Like I get a real buzz out of the ripple effect. Yeah. Like, and I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but I remember when I was studying for my psychology degree um, and I was still in banking, my favorite ever boss. I shouldn't say that, but he was my favorite ever boss. Um, and I was studying for my BSc and he was like, what do you want to do with it? After like, you know, cause I was doing it part-time and, and, and I said, oh, I'd love to be a counselor. Cause I'd love to talk to, I love talking to people. I'd love to help people. And he was like, yeah, you're really opinionated though, Nicole. I don't think that would work as a counselor. <laughs> he was right, mind. Um, but I always wanted to just have this ripple effect to make the world a happier, better place, which as you come back to what, my lovely introduction that you gave about like anti-bullying, wanting to have more kindness. Like I went through a really shit time at school. I should have asked you if I can swear or not on here yet. Um, That's fine. I, I just tried okay. to hate myself. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Because um. <laughs> <laughs> of my because of my job title, like I do have a lot of my my clients listening, and I like to be a good girl, don't I? Clients that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, sometimes I, I had... the odd one slips out by mistake. Um, it's 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 within within at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I like the philosophy that it's and I think this is true is that people that swear are more honest and like wear their heart on their sleeve that's I like to go with that rather than a positive I've heard that people who swear are more intelligent so I'm going to go with that as well go with that (laughs) get us take it (laughs) there's no like backup there in terms of factual information by the way but we're going we're going to go with it (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, what were you saying I did. I didn't want anyone else to have crappy experiences. Basically, um, having been bullied, having felt like you know the mean girls were. I was on the other receiving the horrible side of the receiving end of that. Into my adulthood with with friendships and and things like that as well. Like I did. I never want anyone to feel like they're alone. So if I can have that ripple effect, not only with the individual that I help but also making sure that they have more time to spend with their family, doing things they love with their friends. Like that's the ripple effect in society that exists. Like I, when I when I was studying for my BSc, I wanted to do my doctorate, but I couldn't be bothered with any more years of study, and I was bored. Like I needed to, my brain needed a break. Um, I wanted to pioneer. I wanted to be one of those people that, like, you know, you know Freud's name. I was like, you need to know my name for like something that I've really pioneered and and dug into with research. But because I wanted to help more people, that's what it is. That's why I love helping people. So is your business profitable? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because we're going to talk about profitability. Yes. And I think, you know, if I'm going to have someone talk about profitability, you sort of need to have a profitable business, right? Oh my God. I so agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm 12 years in business. So I've sort of worn the t-shirt and you think you've learned it Mm. all and you've, you've done it and you'll never make a mistake again. And it's all going to be perfect, but it doesn't. Um, As I found last year, um, as I was sharing with you beforehand, yeah. you know, I went for a really difficult time and it wasn't that my business wasn't profitable. It was still making money. I was still paying myself a salary, um, but it was hard. It was, it was mm. tight. It wasn't certainly weren't abundant. Um, it felt tough and yes. it's 
all falling into place now, which feels, but it makes me appreciate it even more now. Now I'm like, oh my God, this is something I completely undervalued before. And yeah. now it's all falling into place. So what lessons have, have you had from how many beers in business are you at five? I think is that five. Yeah. Five and a half. I would say that the key thing is to really get to know your numbers. Like I, I'm an accumulator. If you know about money personalities, I'm an accumulator. I like to see the wealth. <laughs> okay. What do you mean by that? Like your bank balance going up? Yeah. The cash, the assets, knowing what they're worth, like, but that can be really difficult sometimes when it comes to investing in things where there's not like an immediate ROI or What's things like that. And ROI, I know what it is, but I'm just checking for listeners. Yeah, return. So your return on investment, and I think um, the other thing when it comes investment, because I can I clarify that. Yeah, so I would say I would say this is a really interesting question because a lot of people, especially when they come to work with me, they're like, oh, so how quickly will I get my return on investment? They're talking about monetary return on investment. And the way That's I describe impossible. this, you can't ever define that, number one. There's no, there's never any guarantees. But secondly, ROI, return on investment, isn't actually just about money sometimes. Like, it's also about your clarity of thought. It's about your energy, like, as in how much energy you have, like you have more energy, which means you have more time, which means that, you know, it doesn't have to always be. I know we're on this talking about wealth creation, but wealth also isn't just about money. Wealth is about yeah. so much more than that. So when you look at ROI, return on investment from making investments, especially if you're an accumulator and you like seeing the seeing the bank balance and that's your <laughs> safety net, your rainy day funds, like all of that. It's yeah. about also thinking like more broadly. And I, I always use the example of like gym memberships, like you don't get your ROI from the gym in money, like, Right. Yeah. So, but you're going to get that in, in terms of your fitness and your health and your happiness and your energy levels. Yeah. Same with animals. Like oh, totally. And I, yeah. I don't even start. I spend so much <laughs> money on animals every month. It's most people's mortgages. Um, <laughs> and I'm not downsizing or selling my horses. That's or any of my animals. Um, yeah. I would, I'd, I'll just go and like get another job or get some more clients it's just that that's yeah I'd make it work um so now there's a bit of a slippery slope with this return of investment and when you start to build building not the monetary figures and you start to have like that what I would call like an emotional return of yeah. investment or a physical physical like just emotional and mental um mm -hmm. which means you could then turn that into more energy to make better decisions, to have more clients, to generate a new you know, profit stream of some description, yeah. um, which in turn, so in turn, it can bring in more revenue. Um, but we, we, we do that in a bit of a slippery slope. And I see time and time again, lots of people spending money on, I did it for years. I'll probably say the first five or six years easily, two or three times a year, where I'd spend hundreds, if not thousands I like it's embarrassing right on on things that I I, I don't know if I, if I got anything from it mm. but it's it's almost it's really hard because I don't think for some of it I don't think I'd be the person I am now if I hadn't have done yeah. it so then how can you say that it wasn't value it's really hard mm. It is. And this is the other thing that it's hard to define it. This is when you said, like, what does ROI actually mean? 
it is difficult to define it. But if we look at it in terms of business, which, you know, I help people to grow their businesses. So I am focused on if you're a business, you need to be making, you need to be making sales, but you need to be making profit. Is that it's it's a balance of you can't be investing in things that are just going to help you grow your energy. <laughs> yeah. You also be investing in things that are going to help you to grow in other ways. And sometimes growth also means less, not more. So especially when it comes to like the amount of time you're putting into your business, for example, or um the amount you're investing, maybe you're not investing that in the right places and you need support like from someone like Rebecca if it comes to that, you know, asset creation to to do that. It's about thinking about it more broadly rather than just as X equal Y. And yeah. sometimes the formula is a bit more complex than that. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. I think it also depends on your um your purpose for your business. So if some people have what I would call a lifestyle business, um and that can be to the extent where they've got millions of pounds of turnover, but their business is on a monthly or daily, weekly basis, because it's reliant on them looking shiny and perfect. That's my perception. That's my judgment. Mm. I'm, I'm bad. I'm sorry. Um, it's not what I want from for my life, but I'm all, all good. If that's, you know, everyone wants nice things. I get that. Um, but I know actually it doesn't really fulfill you in the long run. Um, yeah but you know they, they want to be on the yachts they want to be in the the jets they want to be jet setting around the world they want you know i'm all for holidays don't get me wrong um but their business the revenue that they're bringing in it, it, it's an expense so they use yeah. that as a justifiable expense as a business expense and therefore they're living a certain kind of lifestyle they're not creating assets is what i'm trying to say yeah which when we come to things like legacy so for your family or for your community like passing on that wealth the yachts and the jets don't do that no yeah no but I mean like, I quite like the saying um money can't bring you happiness but a jet ski can <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really talk when I've got two horses who are very expensive I don't ride both of them my daughter obviously rides one but um it brings me a lot of emotional yeah. you know happiness and I've ever had a bad day or something's going on I just go down the stables and it all just washes away and it's all you know it challenges me as well like I have yeah. you know I, 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 went to, I went to a very small local show at the weekend I really pushed myself for me it was a great success not for mm. you know someone else's standards but for me it was like I was on top of the world like what I achieved yeah. was amazing so I think you know I think we just the thing is though we've got to be careful what we to create a profitable business we have to be really honest with ourselves about what we're spending in our business yeah yeah and, you know for actual personal lifestyle choices to use it as not not as a a hobby but it almost becomes a business that feeds a hobby almost and to, to, to lean on that and to go into that a little bit more, what I find a lot with my clients is, I mean, I, I work with people who are heart-led. So what tends to happen is you've turned your hobby into, or your passion into your business in the way to generate, generate income, right? And there's the boundaries that have to come in that are really important. So it can be really difficult to find time 
to replenish your energy, to find time to do other things when they're then not about other people. So, Mm. and and it's that balance of thinking actually for my lifestyle and for my business, and I don't mean like lifestyle in terms of yachts and jets or if that's your thing, like that's fine. But I mean more like, you know, the holidays that you want to take or the things that you want to do, whatever it is that you want to do with that and in your business, you do need to be... Exactly. <laughs> which MS isn't that expensive compared to other supermarkets well, i heard aldi's actually like it's cheaper than aldi these days how, how yeah. did that happen <laughs> inflation <laughs> no, but, <yeah. laughs> it's mad right just, but yeah it is and crisps it's MS crisps you know what i mean it's <laughs> they are better i will i will i would say that um but yeah, I think I like this morning I spent some time looking at this with a client inside one of my masterminds and we were looking at really crudely her figures. So if you want to earn X, what does that mean you need to bring in in terms of income versus your expenses? So if we're looking at profit, like to kind of bring that back, essentially you need to know your numbers. And a lot of people are scared at looking when it feels like it's not working. Mm. they're like oh my god what am I going to find but without you know very coachy of me but without the self-awareness without the awareness you can't make that change so you need to get again really on you said like really honest with yourself about what you really need to look like and the other thing that I see a lot when it comes to heart-led businesses is I'm not really doing this for the money or like if like for example you are your partner earns really well and you can do this as a bit of a hobby business or maybe you've been made redundant recently and you're setting this up just on the side because you've got that cash there fab good for you but if you want this to be long-term profitability sustainability growth it needs to be a little bit more businessy than oh, I just want to like, I just want to help people. I, 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 I'm just doing this on the side. Totally, yeah. yeah, totally. And I think that feeds back into the fact that they're doing it for, uh, for personal development. So they're actually yeah. not running a business. It, both these examples we've given is revenues being generated to fund personal development. Um, yeah. Or it's um, you're you're basically using it as a personal development tool to learn. The, 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 whatever the way you're doing you want to slice and dice it that's what it comes about and I find a lot of people that are women in business particularly um we're with and I know that I'm the same like I'm motivated I'm fed I'm driven by growing as an individual like if I yeah. don't read a book or listen to a podcast within for a couple of weeks I start to get itchy like I oh my god yeah yeah you just you just you, 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 you strive for it and there's um there's I don't know I forget how many there are now. If I was doing a, a workshop, I should I'd know. But um, <laughs> there's about nine, I think. Spending values. It's in my book. I should do a pitch for my book. It's in my book page. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's there's about nine, I think. Spending values, and one of them is personal development. So I yeah. think for a lot of people, they've taken that value and put it on steroids, and it's just too much of a core motivation. And then women don't. You know, then, then, so what if your partner earns more money? What is he paying into your pension then? Is he earning that much? That he's paying. Into, I doubt it. If you had such a good, you know, career, you've now been made redundant. You've had such a good career. You've got. You can retire. I doubt it. So, if you cleared your mortgage yet, probably not. Do you think yeah. you're going to live forever? Well, you won't. But you'll need. You'll want to retire at some point. Um, yeah. So, I think there's there's no reason you don't have to be kind-hearted and a good person you have to feed yourself first and you have to know what the goal is because the goal has always been oh I want to have enough money for food shop 
and you achieve that, mm-hmm. oh, I'm all right now. And then that's your aspiration. We have to push ourselves and challenge ourselves and look at the bigger picture and like, okay, how can I make my life more profitable, my business more profitable to achieve those bigger goals? How can we strive for more? What is that next goal? I think, but sometimes so many of us, it's so, it's so feels, some of us have such big goals. It feels impossible to achieve. Um, There was an exercise I did recently at a workshop where I asked people to write down how much they wanted to earn in the next year. And then I, then I got them to do an exercise where they wrote, they um, wrote down how many weeks of the year they wanted to work. Um, And it basically gave you your hourly rate based on that. Um, And I asked them like, is that how much you're charging? And they're like, none of them were like, no. Yeah. And then they got them to do another exercise where they were, uh, we did a bit of a mindset thing. And then I got them to go back to that number of what they wanted to earn in a year. And I said, you know, how comfortable do you feel that that, and they're like, no, I want to increase it. Just by doing a little bit of focus on mindset. And then we talked about some big goals. Like, what do you want to achieve in 12 months? You know, what big things do you want to see in your life in the next 12 months? And they wrote out like loads of ideas. I want to do this, I want to do that. It was like, no holding them back on that subject, you know, buying a second house, get a yacht, all of that. <laughs> and I said, okay, so how much do you need to earn to achieve that? And I said, was is that the same as the income figure that you wrote down? And all of them said no. So that you, you we talk about you got to know your numbers, but I think we just don't think about the figures in terms of the vision, the goals, and actually how that breaks down into our business. We just don't, we just don't do it. Yeah, I think there's a there's another part there when you were talking that came up for me about you you do need to link it to your vision, you do need to link it to your business. But you also need to be realistic with what that can be. So and and, and you know, I'm not saying that it's not possible for anybody and there are unicorns and rainbows and all that. But if right now and I don't think this will be your audience crudely exactly, but if you're not earning any money in your business, if you're not taking any sales and then you're like, oh, but I've seen all this stuff about 10K months and six-figure businesses and that's where I want to be and I want to be there. Like now, as you're listening to this, you know, you've got about half of the year left. Yeah. So if you're at zero and you want to be at a six-figure business by the end of the year, let's not set you up to fail. Yeah. yeah. Let's set you up for success. So yes, that may be the dream and it may be the vision and maybe you would love that to happen by the end of the year. but when it comes to positive psychology and, and 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 motivation to take action, you want to be, you want to feel good about that. You don't want to get to the end of the year and think, oh, I was really shit there. I failed. Like I didn't do a good job. Actually, you probably did a great job. You probably done amazingly. Maybe you reached 5K months. Maybe you reached 2K months. Maybe you reached 3K months. Like, and again, I'm talking about top line here rather than profit crudely initially, yeah. but maybe at this time next year you want to be a six-figure business or maybe this time in two years you want to be a six-figure business and I mean by that when I say six-figure business by the way I mean six figures a year not six figures over five which is what most people tend to play with numbers on when they talk about it um don't get me started someone the other day said oh since I started my business I'm I'm now a millionaire okay so but they started business like five years ago or something it's like that doesn't make you a millionaire you've probably spent it all <laughs> how yeah you're a millionaire when you've got the assets let's come back to yeah, assets let's just the, like yeah. get real right <laughs> yeah. yeah so what else what what things um do you think about i have business i have like today who have i spoken to 
um, not disclosing any information about people personally, but I've spoken to a lady who's got like a six figure turnover business. So it's like 160 grand, but she only pays herself 30. Like what the hell? Like she's, mm-hmm. it's just, that's, that's not enough, right? We need, we, that needs to be increased massively. Something needs to be done about that. She's either spending, and I've done this. I've been in that situation, actually. I say, what the hell? I've been there. I was there about three or four years ago. Um, I wasn't paying myself enough. I was spending, that's where I was spending too much on stuff I didn't need. I thought, I thought I was, but I needed to increase my salary effectively. And then yeah. I spoke to, I spoke to another company. They started their business as a hobby. It's like they earn 400 grand a year each from this business so I I speak to like just such a wide range of business owners um so what do you think what would be like your top two three five ten whatever tips in having a profitable business okay number one is actually get to know your numbers so get to know where you're at right now so great having dreams and visions but what's actually going on right now in your business how much are you earning what are your expenses and what are you paying yourself right get clear on that after you've done that then think okay is this enough for me is this where I want it to be does this allow me to cover my mortgage to pay the bills to put the food on the table to go on holiday however many times a year to pay for kids school clubs to buy a new horse box (laughs) to do whatever (laughs) to do whatever the things are that you want to do does that actually allow you to do that if it doesn't what's the goal yeah so from awareness of where you're at right now okay where do you actually need it to be and then reverse engineer it so number one is get really clear on your numbers number two is set the goals based on is this what I want is this what I need if it's not what does it need to be yeah and then start to make a plan like think about okay I'm going to revert the way I love to do strategy I'm a I'm a strategy geek and I'm a planning freak like I revert re- t-shirt. <laughs> do you know Sam barefoot she does t-shirts yeah. and stuff like that you message Sam and say oh, Becky said I've got to ask you to have a t-shirt made up saying I'm a strategy what did you say strategy strategy freak. geek an organizational freak yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be me on a t-shirt um, and get to know it like get to know your numbers get set the goals make sure they're right for you not anyone else, like screw the comparison, get rid of that, throw that away. Who cares if somebody else in your industry, in your niche, your friend, your friend's cat's dog, sister's mate, whatever has got a six figure business. You might not even want a six figure business. No, No, it's a whole different level that comes when you have to be vet registered and limited. The way you pay yourself, all of it changes. So actually be honest with yourself. Do you want that? And it's okay also if you don't, like it's yeah. okay if you want what you want and then start to reverse engineer that plan. So if you want to be at the end of this year earning 10K months, where are you at now? What's the gap? What do you need to fill? Is it knowledge? Is it implementation? Is it support? Is it um, an investment in somewhere else? What is it that you need to do to fill that gap? Do you need to increase your prices? Like, do you need to offer different things? Do you need to have more um, diversity in your service suite? Like, is at the moment you're trading your time one for one to one and, and you and you can't scale from that point because time is limited. You need to take on a team member, like all the others I could go on and on. Like there's so many things that you could look at yeah, and then think, yeah. okay, yeah, this is where I want to be. Okay, this month I'm going to focus on this. Maybe you're going to focus on the same thing next month to build consistency. And then and just keep working at it. There have been my three the most, things. The most, yeah. Out of all your clients, what's the 
consistent thing that they tend to all need to do be more visible yeah marketing marketing I, I totally agree now this is a tricky one for me because this is where people spend a lot of money profit mm. like they, that's where they we could spend more and we go and learn more platforms we go and learn more I don't know pay more for a social media person and you have a VA do you want to outsource it like run ads that that aren't strategic yeah ads that don't yeah. work or a funnel that yeah. has nothing to do with what actually like yeah. there is it's a minefield right so mm. if you have somebody that's new that just I don't know let's just say they're a beautician or they're a massage person or something of that nature and they need to go and do some more marketing and that, but that is such a minefield right like where do I start if they're a coach and they want to do a group program um I want I need to get like oh, I need to start a Facebook group or should I do a YouTube channel or should I start a podcast? And like I have these sort of conversations with business owners on a regular basis. And I end up switching into like coaching them around marketing or something else. And the, I don't know about you, but I end up saying to them, look, what one thing do you do in your marketing that works consistently? Like you always know you're going to get clients from there. And for me, as much as I hate Facebook, like that's where my clients come from. Yeah. 90% for the last 10 years of social media lead generation not just, I have two two or three sources but in terms of social media marketing isn't just social media I will say no um but that's what we end up flicking to mine comes from Facebook so I do do a bit on LinkedIn I do do a bit on Instagram but I'm uh, like more consistent in my Facebook because I know that and you could argue well that's where that's why you get more leads from there because you're more consistent. Yeah. No, I did. I was consistent for years on the other platforms and I didn't get a, 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 even a close to anything near the same type of conversion. So, but so it's yeah. a minefield. So then who do you trust about where you become visible, right? Because that you, trust your, you trust yourself. So I, this is like um, outsourcing validation is what I call it. So we're looking for somebody else to tell us it's the right thing to do. So the two things that I would say to do around this are number one, look at your data. So we're talking about numbers in your business. If you're not looking at the numbers when it comes to profit, I can almost guarantee you're not looking at your numbers when it comes to conversions and lead gen. So look at it, get uncomfortable, get get do it more than feels comfortable for you. Like if you feel comfortable doing it, you've not done enough. Like look a bit more. Find out where it works. Where's your last 10, 20 clients come from? Where have your last 10, 20 people, 50 people signed up to your lead magnet and joined your email list? Where are they coming from? And yes, be there more. Do more of that. Be consistent. But the second part of that is do what makes you feel good. So if I come back to, again, coaching, positive psychology, habit change, if it feels like, and there's a bit of a caveat here, but if it feels like really hard for you to record videos and you don't like it, because let's be honest, if you are recording videos and they're pre-recorded, you're sitting there talking to yourself. And for a lot of people, that's really weird. For me, it's also really weird. Like I find that really hard. So I know that if I'm trying to create content, marketing material that's video-based, I'm going to get in my own way. I'm going to make excuses. I'm going to find other things to do instead. I'm going to procrastinate. Oh, no. So even if I try to put videos onto, if Facebook was my platform, my, my main hangouts, LinkedIn, I love it there. Um, but even there, I don't want to put video out. 
on there. Not consistently, but I can write long form content. I like to write. So focus on what you can already do well and do more of that. So not just in the place that you do it, but also leaning into your strengths because then, you know, we who to trust? Somebody's going to say, well, you have to do more video because they teach you video. That's how they make money. They're going to teach you, oh, you need to do more Facebook lives. I mean, they're dying anyway, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, you need to do more reels. You have to be on Instagram. You have to be on TikTok. You have to be on YouTube. Remember when Clubhouse was a thing and everyone was telling you, you have to be on Clubhouse? I, did, I, like, I didn't crap. even join. I didn't join. I, I had I to. I, I had to. Nosy, but you, but but there's always going to be a trend or something else that's new, and you have to think about business. I can tell you, that is so true. Like, and then and then it's almost the same with like people buying memberships. Like everyone will go, yeah. "I'll go, I'll go." They're like everyone's like sheep, and they're going, "Actually, no. What's the return of investment? What am I going to yeah. get from this? Am I actually going to use it?" Yeah, yeah. And, and and then there's the other part there as well around you know where you like to hang out so when you are especially if you're a small business even if you've got a small team like if you're a solo band or small team whatever that is you the place that you show up with your marketing where you're creating a community so engaging with people getting them to reply responding to them this is what works when it comes to marketing it's about conversations it's like networking online that's what it is that's what it is like if you're if you don't like being on linkedin and you don't like the vibe there you're not going to show up again. You'll make excuses. Yeah. So show up yeah. where you like to be. I love yeah, to be I'm, on LinkedIn. I'm not and... a massive fan of LinkedIn because I've got too many, sorry, people who are listening from my LinkedIn profile, I doubt it. Um, I've got too many industry people on my, like other financial advisors or whatever. Um, so I tend, I don't, I'm not as visible. Um, occasionally I do. I will mention this book. It's called. It's from a guy called Phil M. Jones. A, a lady called Lee Howells introduced me to him. Um, you can buy this on Amazon. It's exactly what to say is the book. Um, mm. This is a workbook. Um, but I, I think for a lot of people about like what conversations we have around. It's got another book. This is a, this is a workbook. This is um, like an actual reading book. I haven't read it yet, but I've 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 skimmed. I've done like a little bit of a workshop on it and skimmed through it. Um, and if you Google him or go onto YouTube, it's about exactly what to say. A guide, a personal guide to mastery of magic words. And I think sometimes <laughs> I'm not saying women like we're worse at this, but I do think men can be more more direct sometimes, more confident. Yes. Um, knowing what to say and how to say it, how to articulate it, those conversations that you just said. I know that for years I, I was like, oh, I'll leave that with you. I'll let you come back to me. I'm here when you're ready. It was like this so, so it's like, no, you can have the end of the scale where you're, you know, cold messaging people. No, don't do that. But if someone's in genuine interest, it's like, well, what, what, know what exactly what to say. What would be better to say in that example? And in that book, they'd probably do a better job of it. But off the top of my head, I'm thinking, <laughs> something on the lines of you know what can I do to help you move things along like, like it's an yeah. open question right um and they might turn around and say can you call me on Monday okay that well that's a better progress than just leaving it with them because yeah. will they ring you on Monday unlikely I think um, that leans into the obsession that everybody has with inbound lead gen so yes there's inbound and outbound lead gen but Outbound legion doesn't have to mean cold messaging. The best type of conversation, funnel, strategic action 
that happens when you're coming to onboarding clients is people that are already warm. So create the relationships on the places you like to be in the ways that you like to create content and marketing. And then don't be afraid to just take that conversation to the next step. I mean, I have a Facebook group and people join my Facebook group. If they are a dream client and they're telling me in their joining questions, the things that they need from me, I do not care anymore. I'll voice note them and I'll say, you sound like a perfect person to work with me. Do you want to know how I can help you? That's why not? Yeah. And and I, I'd say I've done more of that this year than I have done in the last however many years. Um, and it works. And I don't send it to everyone much more profitable because it's, it's shortcutting, it's shortcutting the time you're spending. Yeah. Like more, you'd have to have like 20 different touch points, funnel marketing to achieve the same result. Exactly that. So one of the things I talk about when we talk about profitability, like if I'm just talking about like business coaching, which I don't really do. I just talk about it from a like lead uh, generation of wealth, I guess. So more profitable business um, is, Think of five ways you can reduce 10% and reduce your costs, a monthly cost by 10%. So if you've got a thousand pounds cost a month or a hundred thousand pounds cost a month, whatever it is, what five things, or if it's one thing you could do to reduce your costs by 10%. Yeah. Um, look at all your outgoings and basically find that hundred pounds, thousand pounds, 10,000 pounds, whatever that figure is, just, find a way to reduce it and then look at what you bring in each month on average and take 10 percent. let's say we're just going to reverse that the other way around that might be 100 pounds that might be 10,000 pounds whatever it is what could you do to bring in another 100 pounds or another thousand pounds or another 10,000 pounds is that one more client is that half a client is that another product stream that you need maybe introduce to existing clients could you add value into to existing yeah. what simple and quick way could you bring in 10% more revenue each month that do those those two little exercises will increase your profit margins by 20% yeah which is amazing. So then you've got potentially allowing for tax, obviously, within that. Mm. You could at least pay yourself half of that. Yeah. As a revenue. So by increasing your profitability, reducing your costs, increasing your turnover, turnover is just for show. Yeah. But actually paying yourself more or allowing your assets to grow in the business so you can invest in pensions, mm. maybe do a corporate bond maybe pay yourself more and invest personally through an ISA or invest for your children for a junior ISA, or you could do something like a VCT, which is a venture capital trust. That's a higher, highest attitude to risk strategy. You've got larger amounts. You could then do corporate bonds, offshore, onshore bonds. Like you, there's, there's scales to it, right? Depending on where, where you're at, you could start yeah. at hundred pound a month, but without that profitability, you can't you can't you can't you're not there and it starts with knowing your numbers like you said yeah but what do you think needs to happen to shift people so let's just say they know their numbers they're paying themselves more they're getting more profitability in their business how can they sustain that and how do they know when they can afford to either spend more or invest more because that's another issue i see a lot of they, they like they're sitting on money that they don't know what to do with it. They don't know when they can spend it, when they can pay themselves more. Well, there's two things really. One would be a mindset thing. So if you think about money mindset and being like, I need to say this for a rainy day, I don't know what if, like go there with yourself. And if you haven't heard of Denise Duffield Thomas, you've been under a rock, but 
have a look at her um, and the stuff she does in terms of money archetypes, get to know yourself a little bit more about, about that around money. But also, again, getting really crude with yourself in terms of when will it be enough? So if you have that, like it's not enough for any day type, which a lot of people do have, a lot of people do have, especially if we lean into what's happening in the world right now as well, like with the economy and people are worried and fearful about money. Um, think about, okay, when I get to X, when I earn this much profit, when I do this, this is the, the thing I'm going to do. Again, set yourself goals around it. So if it feels uncomfortable, it's okay. I'm not the kind of person who likes to take a lot of risk when it comes to investing as an accumulator, no surprise. Um, but think about what would make you feel good. And it doesn't have to be, again, you don't have to go big or go home. You just have to start. So it's about consistency. And the other thing I'd say is if you're if you're starting to build profit in your business, don't worry that that's not continuing to grow month on month. If like you've had one month where you've had more profit, like sustain that for a reasonable amount of time so it becomes a habit and then increase it. So it doesn't have to increase month on month on month and week on week on week. Like yeah. if you're if you're not if you're not very good at this right now and you don't know how to do it, establish some really good foundations. Yeah. in getting to look at your numbers understanding what the profit's coming in yeah. get really clear on on your costs like you said and on your expenses and the, and then and then think about okay with all of that information what am I going to have left to invest if I want to if and, and again wealth creation but also in terms of your energy and experiences so if you're if you're not feeling very positive or um your 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 I don't know whatever whatever's going on for you and you feel like you need a bit of a break you can invest in a holiday yeah you can invest in a break you can invest in experiences and yeah. then there's two parts to that in terms of like investing kind of like what we're saying about personal development but then also investing in your future as, as well as investing in now like yeah. that's yeah. what I'd say on that Sometimes like the now the and the yeah. come when they're on holiday or, or like for me it's in the shower but sometimes yeah. I certainly feel <laughs> from an abundance perspective there is it's almost like the less I work the the I still have to work hard, but the less I'm forcing it, I should say, it's not yeah. about necessarily time. It's the less that I'm forcing and dragging myself energetically, um, the easier it all it all happens. The more the it's, more I've, I'm feeling good about what I'm doing, the, the it's better easier to make decisions. It's easier yeah. to make decisions when you feel good. Yeah, definitely. There's a yeah. really good podcast we had with an accountant called Hetty uh, Bernie. She's an accountant, and she talks about profit first. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people on that point of profitability is that they they don't know how much tax they need to put aside. <laughs> and they so my only advice, if you're thinking that and listening to this, this show is one of the things I'm doing is a quarterly reviews with my accountant to work out to make sure I'm on a rolling inactive in the tax year, not retrospectively, not after the tax year is finished, but actually on track on a quarterly basis. And then if there's profitable after I've got my taxes on a rolling basis paid that I've got my three months back up still for the next three months. Um, and then what can I pay myself? Could I pay myself yeah. a bonus? So it's like a quarterly bonus. Some people, it might be the end of year, but for me it's yeah. quarterly because then I can potentially increase my monthly amount for my pension um, or pay myself more. So yeah. I think like your, what you said about knowing your numbers it also applies to um, from accountancy perspective. And I think a lot of yeah. people rely on their accountant and sort of sustain, like, what's that the wrong word? No, Ob -ob abstain, that's the right mm. word. 
um, the responsibility. Oh, why about that later? But actually, it's it's your responsibility. It's absolutely not your client's responsibility. Even if you're paying your accountant to do management accounts for you and projections and stuff like that, which which I do with my clients. I'm not an accountant, but we do do a lot of projections, looking forward to like what you want that to be, when when it's coming in, what revenue streams support that. Like, it's still your responsibility. And I, something that someone shared online um, a couple of weeks ago that stuck with me is you have to want the result more than I want it for you. You have to want the result more. So so it's all well and good me being like, yeah, I know you can earn 10K a month. I know you can have a six-figure business. I know you can earn 5K a month. I know you could be turning over 60% like of your, of your revenues, profit, 70%, whatever. But you have to want that more than me. Yeah. And the same with an accountant. If you work for Rebecca, if you work for an accountant, if you work for me, like whatever, you have to want it more. And the only way to get to really like embody, like wanting it more is to get really clear, like get really clear on what, what the goal is really. So yeah. I'm conscious of time and I don't need, I know you need to go, but can I ask, I know you're massive for strategy, but what's your mm-hmm. thoughts on a business plan? Like a conventional my- kind of business plan. I, I think it depends on the size of business we're talking about. A lot of small businesses feel like they don't need to have a business plan um, because they're not big enough yet. They're not looking for investment from an external source. So as an ex-banker, um, this is what I always explain when it comes to strategy and business planning is essentially if you were going to a bank manager whenever, I don't even know if they still have, but they don't have many branches, so let alone bank managers. But when, if you were going to a somebody to say, I have this idea for this business and I w- I'm looking for investment, they would be looking to understand that, you know, your client base, how much you want to turn over, what the profitability looks like, so that their investment is secure. So when it comes to doing this for your own business and needing a business plan, you need to know that your investment in your time and your energy and your money is secure. That it, the business strategy, if you're a smaller business, is for you. It's not for a bank. It's not for a bank manager. It's not for an investment. That no. doesn't matter. You need to know that the time and money that you're investing into growing a business, which is hard. It's hard to run a business. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not an easy route. There's a lot to do, and it, and, it, and it challenges you in God, like all the ways. Like there's no yeah. ways left to challenge Everybody you. Like, all the way. Yeah, you have to know whether it's worth it. So give yourself that clear direction. And, and essentially, without a strategy, you have no direction. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know why you're doing it. If you reverse yeah. that a little bit and you said to somebody, okay, you don't need a business plan. Okay, fine, no problem. Let me just ask you something. Um, what did you earn last year? And they give you a figure. How many average hours do you work a, a week? Mm. Okay, and how many weeks holiday did you think you had in the last 12 months? I bet you so many of them are not paying themselves much more than the average minimum wage. Or let le- all that less, stress and all those problems. Less. Less. Yeah. Why have a lot of that stress? Yeah. yeah. Um, unless you actually, so in which case you've got to increase your profitability so you can pay yourself more. Simple as that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We both, <laughs> I concur. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Nicole, for joining us. I know you need to go now. Thank you. We're going to put all your links and all your details um, in our show notes. So people can connect with you. You've obviously mentioned you've got a community. Do you have a podcast, book or anything else? Not that it matters if you do or if you don't. I have got a podcast. Um, it's called Supercharge Your Business, available wherever you get your podcast. So just search for me or the title and you'll find us. Um, yeah. Fabulous. Thank you for your time, my love. As always, thank it's you. always a pleasure. 
Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.